Hey, welcome back to Intimate Interactions. Let's get back to discussing the ways we share love and intimacy with our fellow humans. Relationships, kink, polyamory, group sex, it's time to unlearn stigma and live our best lives as our best selves. All thanks to my amazing Patreon supporters. Intimate Interactions has no ads but this one. If you want to keep it that way, you can go to patreon.com slash victorsalmon. You get access to exclusive premium content like all of my coping with jealousy stuff. And hey, if that makes you jealous of my patrons, it sounds like it might be time to sign up. Free resources are available at victorsalmon.com slash resources, and book recommendations are at intimatepodcast.com forward slash books. Also, my Patreon supporters don't have to listen to this ad. Now, let's talk about the episode. Hey, Intimates. Today, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm practicing great vulnerability with my mother, who was born in India in 1954. We touch on what her family relationships were like and how she built intimacy in those relationships. We get sidetracked a bunch because my mother's words are often non-linear due to her intense anxiety. I guess I decided I wanted to expose more of who I am by helping to share more of her story and who she is. Truthfully, our relationship hasn't always been the best. She was always really cautious when I was young of what she shared and who saw what. There's a lot of information control. There was the rare instance of physical discipline, like a slap across the face, or much, much more commonly, the threats of violence. My mother and I have a complicated past, and I'm mindful not to disclose too much of it so as to hold space for her emotional safety, even though she doesn't know you. It was a very hot and sweaty summer day when we were recording this, so that meant planes were flying overhead, there was a leaf blower that started going outside, and I just had to close the window. I tried to edit all of it out, but you might hear some of it still. My mother also gestures wildly with her hands. It's actually quite charming, but she does bump the mic several times, so please bear with it if you hear it. I'll also be sending the recordings to my mother, sister, and brother so that they have a chance to listen to it, and if they object to anything, I'm happy to edit those bits out. We also talk a bit about contraceptives, so just for clarity, we mentioned the rhythm method, um, a type of calendar-based contraceptive strategy. I've included a link to the effectiveness. According to Wikipedia, quote, when used to avoid pregnancy, the standard days method has been claimed to have perfect use efficacy of 95% plus and typical use efficacy of 88%. However, independent research has shown these figures are probably too optimistic and its efficacy is likely to be much lower, end quote. So I share the concern of the researchers that it's optimistic to expect it to work regularly, if only because humans are so fallible and so easily influenced by desire to have sex when they probably shouldn't. I've also included a link so you can do research on it. If you can afford it though and it isn't medically harmful, please consider just using a condom. They're more effective and incredibly effective when used correctly. And while effective at preventing pregnancy, they also offer some protection against most STIs. We also mentioned the copper IUDs. Those can cost between 37 cents and $3 per device, um, which is one of the reasons they're so popular in the developing world. I've included a link. Neither one of us was completely wrong in our suspicions. It seems copper ions from copper T or copper IUDs, as we know them here, 
act as a potent spermicide. So essentially the copper ions released from the copper IUDs make the uterus almost uninhabitable by sperm, effectively blocking or preventing the sperm from getting to almost any egg in almost any position almost all the time. Please keep in mind that this episode is experimental content for me. It's really hard sometimes to talk to my mother for long periods of time. She was incredibly cooperative in producing this content. Um, I did mention it would be a good record for her granddaughters, and she also, I think, genuinely wanted to do something with me. Our relationship may be complex and riddled with intergenerational trauma, but it's still a relationship between mother and child. As a relationship, it's still critically important in understanding where I come from, how I relate to intimacy, how it informs my anxiety, and essentially how I struggle to build strong family connections. It also perhaps sheds light on how in the absence of those strong relationships, I've reached out hard for found family and emotionally fulfilling friendships. Perhaps it informs why I've found so much peace in relationship anarchy, giving me the permission I need to forge intense or intimate relationships with non-sexual and non-romantic partners. I've also spent a lot of time thinking about my mother's performative representation of her stories. She cares what you think. And if I'm honest, I care what you think too. I think I got that from her. It got me thinking about how performative my representations of my own stories are. I know that none of us is unbiased, and I still struggle to be the least biased I can be. It's basically an impossible fight, but I think trying is important. So at the very least, I'm trying really hard not to lean into my own bias. Sometimes between trauma and anxiety and depression and dissociation, I can't make heads or tails of my own story, but hopefully knowing that I'm seen still helps with healing. I'll let you know. It's not easy to be transparent like this, but sometimes I think it's part of who I am as someone who wears their heart on their sleeve, and I think it's a part of my healing. If it's not a part of healing, at least I think it's part of my desperate need to be seen and validated, part of my fear that I am not rooted in reality, part of that anxiety that comes from gaslighting. Is this really happening? Did I really speak those words? Would the world be an easier place to live in if I just chose to believe those things didn't happen? Is it really worth the effort to try and make sense of these events? Maybe I should just go play a video game. I think it's worth that effort. I think it's worth the effort to try and make sense of it all. If you choose. Bear witness to two traumatized people trying to make sense of their seemingly nonsensical worlds together. Truthfully, I think we do a pretty good job of mother and child only rarely struggling with each other. Content warning for this episode, we talk about burns requiring hospitalization, gaslighting, and siblings dying in childhood. This recording with my mother got divided into three separate episodes. Family relationships with her siblings and parents marriage, her early life in Oroville and what that was like, and how she ended up meeting my father, how she went from one set of family relationships that didn't serve her to another set of family relationships that didn't serve her. You're about to hear the first one, the family relationships piece. As always, if you like the episode, please tell your friends. Or better still, take a few minutes and just write us a quick review and help other relationship and intimacy lovers find us. Thanks for your time. Enjoy the episode. Um, do you want to start talking about your reflections on relationships and intimacy in India? Hmm. 
I'll tell you what. I'll give you a very. Sp- I'll give you a more specific question. Why don't you start with um, roughly when you were born? <laughs> you can pick the decade if you want. Yeah, it's nineteen fifties, right? Okay. Fifty four. Uh, so those when... days, children' life was different than nowadays. You treated like children till you're ten, I think. If you're a girl, mm-hmm. you have a different rule. If you're a boy, it's a different rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys are allowed to do everything from the younger age. Is it okay? Yeah, everything's good. Um, okay. If you see me looking over towards the computer, yeah. um, just keep going. I'm probably just checking to make sure everything's going okay. all right. Okay. So are you saying girls had different rules? Always. Even now, it's the same thing uh, because... For the longest time, the parents always looked. When they have a girl, they don't celebrate, even if it's the first child. But I was very lucky. My dad was different. He was so happy I'm a girl. And then he ended up having four girls. (laughs) Uh, Then he was literally wanting to have a boy. So Uncle Babu was my younger brother. Mm-hmm. was fifth one, mm-hmm. and it's considered uh, in India, fifth one has to be a girl. Then it brings <laughs> all, all sorts of... Uh, um, I mean, please don't see me as laughing at tradition. Oh, no, 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 that's fine. It sure. uh, doesn't bother me. It's just so ironic that he would get four girls in a row and then get a boy for his fifth child. And he was expecting a girl. Of course. So the girl is a Lakshmi. Okay. A Lakshmi is the goddess of wealth. Mm-hmm. And if you have a goal, you always say Lakshmi has come down mm-hmm. to earth to your family mm-hmm. uh, to give you wealth. Mm-hmm. But uh, my dad was a little mixed because he was in the military, so he had exposure for British culture. Yeah, keep going. And um, so it was different. He didn't think of a lot of things like other parents would do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, when I was born, um, everything was fine because my mom was only 17. Right. So that, that's another thing. When you were the fourth child and your I mom was, was 17. I was the first one. You were the first child. And she was 17. I and didn't she, realize you were the eldest. Yeah. I looked after all my uh, siblings. But anyway, because it's a pressure in India, it's very difficult to put it in category. Mm-hmm. So let me start. When I was born, it was uh, children are children. Like they play. Uh, they don't participate. They don't look after themselves. Whereas when I look after my grandchildren, they pack their own backpack. Even when they are one year old, um, I thought it was so cruel because this, she's just a, barely a child. No, if she's traveling to Toronto or somewhere, she had a cute uh, push, what do you call it, little suitcase on wheel. Yep. She'll pack everything, whether it's her uh, cuddlies or stuffies, her clothes. If she mm-hmm. does forget something, it's too bad. And that's how they learn. Now, when you look at, when I look at my granddaughters, Mm -hmm. they're four years old and seven years old, three years old and seven years old. But they're totally, they can do everything. They can go to the toilet. They don't need your help. Um, They know they have to wash. It's all 
comes from training from the parents. Mm-hmm. Whereas in my time, my parents didn't take time right. uh, to teach and you just watch and do. Mm. And when the breakfast time comes, they'll put it. Uh, that's what my mom did. Other moms would literally spoon feed their kids. Right. And especially a boy. And a girl, they do too. Uh, even three-year-old, four-year-old, they carry the little boy and they feed him his dinner. And I just, after being here and having my children and my grandchildren, and I, it's comical to me because three-year-old. <laughs> right. And then they even go to the toilet, wash their backside, wash them up. They don't give a chance for the kids to grow up and take care of themselves. Mm. So I feel sorry for the boys because nowadays they all come here for a job or something. And they're expecting someone to take care they of them. They are just disaster for them. Mm-hmm. I've talked to many students. Um, you know, they have maid or mum or someone make their bed. They don't know how to make bed. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many little things. But that's the way it was when I was growing up. And then obviously uh, my parents, the olden days, even in England, it's the same thing. They'll have a child one after the other. Mm-hmm. Whereas they do, they never heard of contraceptive. Right. And they never knew this. And the other thing came afterwards. A certain time of the month, mm-hmm. you can sleep with your wife, have sex or whatever. She mm-hmm. doesn't get pregnant. But the guys in India just don't think of that. That was the biggest problem with our population. There's there's two sides to that. The one side is what do you call two people using the rhythm method, which is what that's called. That's right. You call yeah. them parents. Yeah. But the reason I'm mentioning it, now they're waking up in Canada. Mm-hmm. Now they are, even though our population is not that much, but when you look at uh, Syrian families... You should just com- tell people to use the rhythm method here. I'm sure it would... <laughs> uh, just people are too busy. They are sure. uh, too... Even take yourself, you're and busy. Everyone has contraceptives now. Uh, yeah. They're, oh, they're giving free now. That's they? what they decided yesterday. It was on the news. Huh. Because a lot of teen pregnancy costs so much money for us. Right. And the reason they get pregnant, they can't afford to buy. Contraceptives. Contraceptive, either condom or pills or the copper tea. That's the one thing in my whole family. I was the only one who had it. Copper tea. Copper tea. It's like a little steel. Yeah, like a copper ingot. And you just boil water around it? No, no, nothing. Just a tiny copper uh, rod. Yeah. Tiny bit. It's flat. Uh Uh-huh. And it has strings attached to it. Uh Uh-huh. They put it in such a way inside so that the sperm can't swim inside. No, Mom, I'm sorry, I I don't mean to correct you, but I think that's actually an intrauterine device. Yes, Copper Copper IUDs aren't, I don't think, about blocking sperm. No, they used to call it in India copper tea. That's all I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll actually like... But that is inter... An, uh, I, an IUD, IUD, an intrauterine yeah, device. That's yeah, that's what I had, and it worked for me. I think it just makes your uterus unsuitable for holding pregnancy, but I don't think it actually blocks sperm. I think it works differently. Oh, maybe I got it wrong. I, I could, I could be wrong what... as well. Like I could definitely be wrong. I Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but um, when you look at all the Syrian family coming, sure, majority of them kids, because they don't have they are in the war. 
Uh, they don't have a TV to watch. It's the only... I mean, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of cultural reasons. Yeah, yeah, that too. But anyway, so now, um, olden days, there was nothing. Sure. When you look at all my family side, my father's side especially, mm -hmm. my... Um, my grandmother was very lucky. She had only four, two boys and two daughters. That you never met my older aunt, my traded. Sure. Uh, because when you get married, your daughter get married, you have to get bless, you have to take your sari or jewelry or whatever to the older person in your family and bless them. Mm -hmm. So when she came to India, that's what I did. I took her by car to my uh, older aunt, like, what do you call it, younger aunt. She's older to my father. And my young, uh, his younger sister lived in Singapore. Mm -hmm. So those are the only two sisters. And then uh, my father had one brother. What was it like taking care of your siblings? I actually thought it's uh, automatic uh, responsibility being the eldest. Right. So it felt like duty more than anything. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, I was too young. Every year, my mom had children. Right. But because they didn't have a lot of... She comes from a very wealthy family. She didn't know how to tie a sari. She didn't know how to boil the water, how to cook rice. Wow. My dad was in the military, and he was uh, trained for everything. He can sew. He can knit. He that's, can do everything. That sounds very uncommon. Yeah, it is very uncommon. In my whole family, is the only one capable of doing everything. I didn't realize that your mom came from a wealthy family. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, her grandfather was a um, movie producer. They lived like mansion. They have so many maids. My mom was only two when she lost her mom. And she every time then... She still had a grandmother, her father's mother. Right. So immediately they make the boy get married second time because he was he had two year old. Right. But her grandmother looked after her like a mummy bird, you know, always hovering her and uh, her stepmother cannot tell her what to do. You mean she, like hovering over her? Hovering over her, yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, uh, no apology needed. But um, I just want to make sure everyone understands you. Yeah, yeah. And when I say everyone, I mean like all 10 people that listen to this podcast. Oh, that's all you think? Yeah, it's probably not that much. Oh, you never know. <laughs> it depends how much uh, people want to know different culture. But that's it, part of it, It's yeah. also useful for a lot of people here, especially young people. They are so blessed. Yeah, I think it's easy to forget how much we have. When I was young, like my dad had a government job. It's mm -hmm. a federal job he did. Mm -hmm. And my mom never worked. And he, because it was related to the olden days, they were very much into their caste. Mm -hmm. uh, they belonged to certain, they would only marry within themselves. Okay. Distance cousin. See, sure. if I have a brother and have a daughter, okay. automatically he assumes I'm going to, she, my relationship with her is a daughter-in-law, whether she married my son or not. I'm confused. I don't understand what you're okay. saying. I have a brother okay. who has daughter and sons. Okay. So if I have sons and daughter, okay. I'm supposed to let them marry. Like first cousins. First cousins. And that's desired? That's automatically done. 
like typically you'd betroth your children together at first cousins? Yeah. Every time my aunt comes, she'll bring all the jewelry, put it on me. I was only AI, right. not even as tall as my granddaughter. Right. And she'll put the Singapore sari on and we'll go out for a coffee. And those days they didn't think of taking pictures. Mm -hmm. So it sends a message to my father. She's interested in me. Right. But when I was born, first time she came, it was between the brother and sister that I would marry. Mm -hmm. I never met him. Right. And then when he's seven, he came to India to visit his grandparents. Mm -hmm. He passed some difficult exam and they couldn't afford it those days. And I don't know what father, that means. His father asked him, uh, he passed a difficult exam, what do you want? What do you mean pass it? Oh, I see, as a reward some, for passing yeah, a test. Reward, okay. Yeah, sure. And he said, I want to go to India and see Ava. Okay. That's what he called sure. my grandmother. It's sure. mother's mother. Right. Uh, you call it JG and they call it Ava. Ava. Is that, um, what language is that? It's Telugu. So in Telugu, it's Ava. Yeah. Amama, uh, JG, it's a different, different cast. Oh, okay. Well, we can make a whole podcast on that one. <laughs> I, I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. But that's really that's really neat yeah, to know about. Anyway, the relationship-wise, this is how it's done. Sure. Uh, the, your, it depends upon, sometimes it doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. But my father decided at that time, whether I am a good educated, uh, what do you call it? Um, Well-educated? Whether I have a brain to be well-educated or not, I'm going to be a doctor. He's going to open up a clinic in Singapore. Okay. That was my dowry. And I'll marry Chandra. Okay. That was all arranged. I don't know how much Chandra knows, but I know. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah. And even in a small age, I can't pronounce his name. We always say Chandra. Right. But Chandra means moon. Okay. So I was very much interested in music. Mm -hmm. So all the music will always... Um, Talk about suns and moons? Uh, no, no. The women are always um, reflection of the moon. Oh, okay. So you, when you're singing that song, you have to sing it. Right. My father would catch it and say, don't say Chandra, say Nila. What does that mean? That's a different name for moon. Oh, just don't say his name. His name. And I was uh, I was always under their thumb for my father's especially. Mm -hmm. And he just loved his nephew. Okay, that's such a... I don't see the departure. How are those two ideas connected? It's a relationship. Uh, between you and his nephew? Yeah. Right, I, because that's your first cousin who you were betrothed to marry. I'm back on board. Yeah, and uh, in my time... The relationship between the uh, girl and a brother or sibling mm -hmm. and a father and okay. a husband. I'm really confused. Okay. They're all male. Male-female relationships. Male-female relationship. Okay. I'm not allowed to, once you have your period, which yeah. is like 13, 14, sure. whatever, you're not allowed to come outside the room and face them to talk. You're I not can't allowed even talk to, to talk to them facing straight on? Yeah. You have to hide in the room and talk from there. That's instead of so putting strange parda, to me. What's, what's that? Instead of putting that scarf, yeah. we stay in the room. 
to talk to their uh, father uh, or brother. You, uh, I felt like I'm dirty. Yeah, I can see how that would have that effect. Uh, you know, it's like you're low caste or something there, high level. I don't agree with that. Yeah. Uh, even when I was growing up. But that's how it is. So if you have a period or something. Or something. definitely can't come out. So you can't face. speak to a male relative in the same room. Yeah, but it's our relatives, my father, it's my sibling. Right, it's your right? immediate family. And that's how I that's how it was in nineteen fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. And even though the only time I really appreciated my father, he stood up against his brother. His brother said to him, All my daughters are stopped from school once they had my period. Right. Why are you sending your daughter to school? Right. And my dad said, she has a brain. And he said, I'm going to be a doctor. Right. Not in my head. Right. But he said. Uh, but he makes sure that I understood when I when he was talking to someone, I would hear it. I have right. a habit of listening. And he made sure you'd overhear him saying this. I don't think he realized it, but that's him. He's he would just a man say it over and over again. He's talking out loud to his friend. Right. My mom had nothing to say, mm-hmm. and she wasn't big opinionated about anything. Your mom wasn't opinionated? No, she didn't know a lot of things. Sure. She was brought up. She went to school only for grade four. Right. But amount of English she spoke, she could have been educated. Right. But she picked it up here and there, right? So she had her own kind of smarts. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't polished. Right. You know, it wasn't sent to anywhere. But because of that reason, he can be a man at the house. He'd bring the thing. Even cutting vegetable, he has his own way of cutting onion. So very, like, systematic. Systematic, yeah. It's like at night, you would have only two rotis. Okay, just because. Uh, that's your dinner. Okay. So can we go back to um, what it was like taking care of your siblings? You said that you had, that your parents had seven children? Yeah. Because Babu uh, was the sixth, right? And Ravi is the youngest? No, no. Uh, Ravi is the sixth. After Ravi, I had one sister died. Okay. But unfortunately, all the girls died. So you had seven. So including you, there were seven kids. Yeah. So you were one of seven kids. Okay, so you had six siblings. But every year, mom would have it. But of course, mom didn't know how to take care of the child. Like nowadays, every two hours, you feed them. Right. She didn't feed them properly. Oh, my God. And they all died within six months because they were always have dehydrated. And my father didn't know. He's going to work. He's not worried about it. Right. It's not his domain. Yeah. I don't know what happened. So those three children died one after the other. I don't have any recollection uh, of... Right. You were so young. Yeah. I was one year old when the second one was born. So... So kids two, three, and four die. Oh, geez. That's so dark. Within six months. Within six months. They're all six months old when they died. Okay, so you're the eldest. I'm the only one survived, yeah. Of the girls. Yeah. That's dark. I guess being a first child, you go to your mother's house when you right. have a first child. It's another podcast you have to do. When and you have your first child, you go to your mother's house. So she, so you were taken care of because your grandmother was involved. Yeah, you. Would say, it's a sort of intervene idea. 
but they when you have a first child you mm -hmm. don't know what's it like it's mm -hmm. a shock to your body right and um, the first um, child when you get married okay we'll start from there the <laughs> okay. first night would always be at the girl's house not at the boy's house okay it's not like here it's like a ceremony because they put so much fear into the girl right because luckily i if you have sex you're gonna die no no it'll hurt and you can't be uh, you have to give in and you can't say no to your husband it's tough you that know sucks. hardly know the guy right they arranged it it's not yeah. like you dated right uh you don't know him at all it's the first time you're going to see right so this is when you're meeting him after the marriage, that's the only time you're allowed to be in the same room with your husband. Right. The opposite sex. Right. Uh, that's why it's done in girl's house. Mm -hmm. So that she feels comfortable. Her relatives are outside. Like meeting someone. Meeting, yeah. And then it's a different thing. They'll come and check in the morning and make sure you really slept together. Right. If there's a blood stain, they're happy. There's a girl would come and check all those because the sheets. they hush you and take your bath in the morning. Right. Uh, Sorry, say that again. She's going to take your bath? No, no. The bride yeah. would wake up first. Somebody will wake her up. Right. And he can sleep in. But she have to get up and get washed up. And so they make sure they check all her clothes. Uh, that's how they found out whether the... It's a cons, quote-unquote consummated marriage. Yeah. If not, you're not going to get pregnant. Right. And they can uh, castrate you. What do you mean by that? Um, they can immediately go for divorce, get a second wife for a guy. Got you. Because, yeah. Because you didn't have sex together. Yeah. Something wrong with the girl, not with the guy. Right. Something wrong with the girl. Uh, this is another one in my Can you be re-betrothed? Can you, can you marry again as a woman? No. Interesting. Yeah, that's why when you watch that movie called Water... Yeah, just give me one sec, I'm going to close the window. You can keep talking. No, there's a movie called uh, Water recently came. It's about the young um, women getting widowed. Okay. This girl got... Uh, when you watch that movie, you probably would know. That was really happened at one time. Nowadays, I think the girls are, can get married. Like, what do you, what do you mean by that? They can, they oh, they can remarry. Remarry, Got yeah. You. yeah. I met a girl recently when I went there. She married a sub-inspector. He's in charge of police station. What's a sub-inspector? Like, like the a... Inspector is the in charge. He's the second one. Got you. And she's a social worker. She had a degree in social work. That's awesome. Yeah, it never happened before. So it's all arranged marriage. Right. And she found out that he's sleeping with a prostitute. That's unfortunate. And they had only one child. She said to him, nowadays aid is rice. You don't, it's rice aid. So you mean HIV is a concern? HIV is very concerned. Okay. And you're doing this. And if I catch you again, I'm leaving you. Which he did. And she caught him again. Um, she left him. Yeah. She came to... So it never happened in my time. That women would we leave We don't know like anything that. about HIV at that time. Right. Uh, obviously, it'll pass on to the wife and she dies. 
Well, not necessarily. I mean, then maybe, but now then, now we have drugs. Now it's we come a long way. Yeah, we, like you uh, can you can literally become uninfectious yeah. now. Yeah, you can control just, your viral load with yeah, drugs, and yeah. if you can't, if you have an undetectable viral load in your blood, you're uninfectious. Yeah. So they say, um, like especially in the gay men's community, U equals U as yeah. shorthand for like undetectable means uninfectious. Oh, I see. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. But, you know, yesterday they showed in the news and said a newborn has uh, just taken a touch of blood. Mm-hmm. It just arrived yesterday to, um, it's the, what do you call it, the women's hospital mm-hmm. where the newborns are delivered and sent home. Sure. What they do is they take a prick, uh, they did it to you too. Okay. But they didn't check any of the things they're doing now. Okay. They, uh, if you, if your mother had gestational diabetes. Which you did. Yeah. With me. Uh, yeah. And they have to take you out and check it out and make sure you didn't have any, you didn't. Okay. But this one is different. What they do is they prick and take a drop of blood okay. from a newborn, day old or whatever, sure. and they put it in this machine. It checks on six to ten uh deformity oh like issues like genetic children issues. yeah okay but anyway they took this child home okay six days later i was just so sick it was throwing up everything and okay. then the hospital called at the same time and said he had uh he's allergic to something glucose something Sure. So, Mom, I'd like to refocus us on something related. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying (laughs) is we come that far. Right. If the hospital didn't find that, they would just say, oh, colicky baby. Right. But he had some sort of deformity. Like a genetic disease or issue. We didn't have all those things. Right. And it's a good example. All my sisters died. Right. Because of that. Yeah, we just uh, didn't have the same knowledge. No. When uh, the fifth boy was born, okay, he was hovered over with When the everything. first boy was born, the fifth first, child. Yeah, fifth child and the first boy. Yeah. Um, in fact, they spoiled him so bad. Because they finally had a boy. Finally had a boy. He would only eat on... Uh, certain cookies and it was supposed to be soaked in the milk. Was Babu the youngest? Babu the younger to me. But the youngest or is Ravi the youngest? Ravi the youngest. Okay, so Babu would be... Younger. Right, Babu's the middle child and then Ravi would be the youngest. But the problem is again the parents. Mm -hmm. They never really taught him let him do anything. Right. He can kick something, he doesn't have to pick it up and put it up. Right. My mother will run and put it up. Right. And when I do that, oh, I get hit. Right. How dare you? You can't walk like a girl. See, even the girls have the way of walking. Okay, tell me more. Even now I do it. But this is all the man sets the rule for women. Right. It's again that gender. Sexism, yeah. Gender equality or whatever. Yeah. And um, when you walk on the street, you're not allowed to look anywhere you have to look at your big toe and walk just so you don't make eye contact with anyone? eye contact with any men right uh, I was told all the time so when you're wearing sorry you have to cover your buttocks you have to leave we call it balloon which is the edge of the sorry okay comes at the back and you tack it means you put it in On you the front. can't walk with the dress swinging right so everything has to be tucked so that you're fully covered uh, fully covered at the same time it's also not 
it's not uh, it's not ladylike. Right. That's what they call that. So it can't be. So the dress can't be swinging or blowing. There can't yeah. be any movement. So what happened? I mean, it's not really. Care. It's not really a dress. It's a sari. It's a sari. It's a five meter cloth. You have to know how to wrap it up around you. Right. And you mentioned so, your mom didn't know that. Oh no, my father has to do it for her. So like literally, she came from a wealthy enough family that she would have had servants to do these things for yeah, her. Yeah, she she was only seventeen. Right. She had a first period. Second period, she got married. She had her first period at seventeen. 16, 17? No, no. She had her first period 14, I think. Okay. And then she got married, um, I don't know when she had, but anyway, 15 or 16 or sure. something. So the pregnant is one year, right? Yeah. So if you she conceived she was... in 16, yeah. she would have had me 17. Okay. She would always say that to me to her, that I didn't get married like her. But there's a lot of uh, quarrel goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see why, because the, my father always looked up to me. He mm-hmm. wouldn't call his wife for a certain thing to ask, mm-hmm. the education-wise. He would ask me how the school is done. She took it wrong way. Why didn't he ask me? He's asking her. Mm-hmm. She's my child. So it's sort of a jealousy. I don't know how to explain it. It's you don't you can't really I don't know. I can't get jealous about my daughter, but my mother did. So She every, was she was jealous of the attention her husband was giving you. Yeah, as a daughter and that uh, your father was paying you attention. He's the man of yeah, he's the man of the house and that's the way it is. It's his way or but he would listen. But he would make a uh, reconcile with her, this the way he should go, and it will work out at the end. He knows how to talk to her. Right. Right? She wouldn't listen to anyone except him. He's also her husband, and she's been socialized her whole life that he's basically yeah, her world. Yeah, that's how she learned the world, and that's how she didn't know how to cook the rice. She didn't know how to cook the It's amazing. Greens. It's amazing to me, because when I think about how much women are, especially in, like, lower castes, taught to cook and taught to do a lot of the labor in the household, like, it's amazing to me that she just, they let her into the world not knowing any of that. Because her grandmother didn't help her. Stepmother trying to teach her, she'd say, no, she's not your um, servant or maid. Right. I'll do it for her. Okay. So the grandmother really didn't help. Right. The This is what so happens. her mother yeah. wouldn't let her learn from her stepmother. Her grandmother. Wouldn't let her learn from her grandmother. No, no, no. Grandmother. Her grandmother wouldn't, wouldn't let, let her, her learn, learn from her stepmother. Stepmother, because her mother was gone, so right. She was really hovered over her grandmother. Grandmother lived. So her with grandmother them. maybe didn't understand how poor the family she was moving, marrying into was. Well, no. The only reason those days they get married, even though if they are first cousins, right? Uh, he had a better job. That's the first thing they look. Right. Even now, if I'm arranging marriage to my sons... That's a scary thought, Mom. I know, I know, I know. know. That's a tradition. But anyway, you asked me how I took care of my sibling, right? Yes, that was the the question. We went around everywhere. This is what your dad would say. Yeah, I asked you this question. Now I have to sit and listen to all this. 
Well, we, anyway. we're, we're 40 minutes in and we're on like the third question, but you have answered some of the other ones, which yeah, is good. Yeah, but the, what happened was sibling take care of happened when Uncle Ravi was born, my youngest brother. Right. He was only eight months old, I think. And uh, we lived in uh, three rooms, mm -hmm. and there were swinging doors. He was just uh, crawling. Mm -hmm. And my mom and dad is, was talking, and he didn't realize. When he crawled, he closed one of the door. And my mom had a horrible accident, bursting stove, burst into her. It's one of those pump stove, military mm -hmm. stove. And she was talking to my dad, something angry, I don't know what it is. She pumped her too much, the whole thing fell on her, all the uh, fire. Okay. And then she was very brave and she was trying to put the fire off. Then by that time she stood up and said, look at me. That's what she would say, I still remember. My father jumped and rolled her over, didn't, anyway, that's a different story. So. From then on... Suffice it to say, your mother was hospitalized. Six months, yeah. Yeah. And, and you mentioned your father was as well. Yeah, my father would take a night shift. Right. Well, you mentioned he had a synthetic shirt on. Yeah, he got he was... burnt everywhere, and he had to deal with people. Those days right. where leprosy is very... Um, mm -hmm. So it looked like leprosy on his finger because he was... Um, right. He was black. Right. Color. That, that's, that's a big deal as well. You haven't mentioned that, like, your mom being wealthy, she was much lighter skinned. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was she from the north? Or was no. she Was she Dravidian as well? No. Yeah. So your mom Same was culture. just a lighter skinned Dravidian person? Yeah. Interesting. And then uh, your father was just a really, really dark Dravidian man. Yeah. Yeah. But my Singapore auntie is very light colored person. Mm -hmm, that's true. My other auntie, older to my father, she was married in Rangoon. Mm -hmm. Burma, that's where she went. During the war time, they came back. Right. But anyway, the looking after the sibling. So at that time, my father had, I think he had a lot of shock in him. Mm -hmm. And he really didn't know how to take it out. He didn't go to counselors. Right. It was not it wasn't, didn't happen existed. Then. And of yeah. course, we feel you're opening up to a psychologist or whatever. Right. Uh, so it was not done those days. Your mm -hmm. psychologists are your family group. Right. He was not very comfortable. Everybody looked at him like he knows everything. He was in the military. He can do this. So nobody could really give him uh, advice. But anyway, at that time... Like he wouldn't take advice from people. People didn't give it to him. Because they just expected him to know. Yeah, my father would listen and make up his own mind. And I have that. Mm -hmm. uh, even now, I would listen to everybody. I didn't tell them I know everything. Mm -hmm. This is my way of saying it. The minute you say, I know everything, you're closing the door mm -hmm. of getting more wisdom from people. Yeah, I believe That's that. That's what I was taught. So, yeah. And also, they would say, you take the goodness out of the people, use it for your advantage. You can't really go and say, uh, analyze each person and say, oh, he's too bad on this or she's too good on this what you do is it's a mixed world you take a person you take the goodness out of them put it to use leave the bad to them let them deal with it because when you bring this negative to you it hangs on to you 
yeah and uh, that's a very tough thing for any human to do it but the proper way of living you have lots of friends but you take the goodness from them don't put them away because oh they're very negative when they do this but anyway my father took it out of my younger brother who was 8 months old i was only 9 and i have to take 9 years 9 years old i would go to the school there's no one for us to look we have to stay in the same house and sleep all alone where my mum got burnt it's the same house we live my father would take a night shift because it's a federal job he can't take a big leave right and then the morning you'd go straight to the hospital talk to the doctor said by my mum there was no one came to look at him look at my mum mm. they would always come different time when my dad was not there like he had to start his shift around 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock mm-hmm. they would all come there and just talk to her a few minutes she got burnt up to here like up to her neck up to her neck her <coughs> face got all here i don't know whether you remember all her nerves went clustered on her face on her chin. like a beard on her chin so and she burnt cheek. her chin and her neck and the rest well, of her body well i think it's all the heat went in oh jeez but uh, she had to have so she was severely burned severely burned yeah she was very lucky she survived my yeah. father had a good medical and he spent money and the one thing i still remember when the ambulance got there my father got on nobody else would get in with my mum it's not fancy uh, ambulance like here right just a wooden bed not even a mattress and they would have apparatus like you know oxygen and that kind of thing but only one person allowed to do there be there husband or someone very sure. close father but anyway my father said even if i have to sell the house i'll bring your mom home that's all he said and he's not a kind of guy to tear up or talk like a sensitive way he was always tough i've never seen my father cried but uh, anyway it sounds like he loved your mother quite a lot yeah but that that's the way it is <laughs> you, you say it with a shrug but i mean i guess when you're arranged to be married that's the person that's the person oh, you're yeah, going to be you with oh yeah you don't do it she got hit what she got hit what does that mean throw things at it okay he'll call her one thing really etched in my mind was she made a nice this meat sauce okay and my father is the first one to eat then we're all sitting down there we get served after my father okay and um very 1950s yeah well, by this time it's 1960s right okay he didn't change much but anyway uh she gave him a sauce my father called her come here and she always goes like this like, idiot lady you have right? to explain what you're doing for people listening just in audio so you're yeah. saying leaning in with your leaning head first leaning in to listen to her she doesn't have to right he threw the hot sauce oh in oh my god like this like into her Tasted. face it was little less salt oh my god that was really got out of this world for me i can't believe that oh my mom was very light skin she got burnt all here not badly on her chin on her chin but yeah so but you call he was a nice guy loved his wife yeah oh, i did. see i see but he cannot control his temper 
which I see in my grandchildren, I'm really concerned. It's so interesting. By today's standards, like that's highly abusive. Very highly abusive, yeah. I'm the only one stood up for it when I was in university. I'd go and block my mom and tell my dad, how would you feel if you hit your mom, if your dad is hitting your mom? Oh, he got very angry. Women are not allowed. <laughs> to stand, that was yeah. the first and last time I talked to him, I left home. Wow. Because uh, it was shocked to me that he would hit me. Right. He would push me so that he can hit my mom. Right. But then he hit you this time. He pushed me. Yeah. I took it like a fence. Right. Um, by this time, I'm what? Uh, I finished my high school, I'm in university, so I'm in 17 or that age. And I can't see my, my mom out too. A lot of women do, right? Said something offensive, I don't know what she said. That doesn't give them a right to hit her. Of course not. And so anyway, uh, that that's a different story. But anyway, when my father was not there, my father would give money to the local tea shop or a restaurant or something, put some money in. I'm allowed to go and get my meal for from there. Uh, I don't have to pay. I have to walk there with my two brothers, take all my uh, dinner from there, walk home, and uh, I have to feed my uh, brother, eat myself. And then, of course, we didn't have a fridge at that time, so you can't save any. It'll go bad in that weather if you have a sauce or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the eight months old still drank milk. All he know that's Uncle Ravi, my Got youngest you. yep. brother. Yep. And I had to get up two in the morning. There was no clock to look what time it is. And I had no wood. I had, All I had paper. I used a paper to heat the water mm-hmm. so that I can put the milk powder to. So, I'm sorry, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. as as I'm thinking about this, you mentioned that all of your sisters died. That means the three in the middle. But you, if you were nine years old when Ravi was eight months old, that means you were like 10 or 11 when your youngest sister died. That's after... after this is after sister, the story. Yeah, after Ravi, there was a sister. Right. That She died in six months. That's how I know. That sounds really upsetting. Yeah, it is. Especially yeah, as, yeah. like, you would have been, like, 11, maybe even 12. Yeah, like. she really reminds me of Anais. Very light skin. Uh, the same way of lip and everything. I don't want to tell her that. We called her Vasanthi. Vasanth means uh, spring. Okay. And she was, you know, she knows everything by six months. She could be on her tummy and she could look around when my father comes and heard the shoes. She knows a person coming in. I don't know whether she knew. But that was really, that's the only time I know what's like to lose your sibling. Right. Um, So all my attention went to, this was after my mom came out of the hospital. She got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that's the time she had cesarean. Mm-hmm. It's again, she had cesarean because uh, it's a tradition. Mm-hmm. My father's mother died. Okay. When, my, when a mother-in-law dies, they pick her up in this uh, stretcher type of thing mm-hmm. to take it to the graveyard. All the daughter-in-law has to roll underneath 
as they take it out, they have to roll underneath where her body was I'm to show the grief. Oh, okay. And also it shows, it's a big pride for mother-in-laws that so many sons and daughter-in-laws, so so many daughter-in-law will roll over. And my mom was the second, two daughter-in-laws, right? But my mom was eight months pregnant. She shouldn't have done that. She kept on rolling. She couldn't get up. Nobody really paid attention to her. Okay. As a result, she had to go for premature and get a... This is what I'm saying. Some tradition mm -hmm. has to be looked over. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether they still do it. You're talking about with you, that you were prematurely born? No, no. My uh, younger sister. Oh, your youngest sister was premature. After okay, Ravi. this is all making more sense. After Ravi. Got you. That's how I know, because my other three sisters... I don't know what their names were. Right. I don't know why they You're died. Just so young. I was so young, and also the people um, don't explain it to you. Yeah. The kids are so afraid to ask certain questions. Well, and your parents wouldn't want to talk about it. No, they. Are, I didn't. I mean, we all live in one room. I didn't even know when they talk or when they had sex. Nothing. Right. Uh, but that's the way it was. But um, looking after Ravi is he would always clingy to me, even when he was grown up. That's why it hurts so much now. But there's a rift in the family. That rift with them. Yeah. Because he turned out to be really like my father, I would say. All the evil things went to him. All the good things went to Babu. You know, how he get organized and take care of his daughter and everything. Mm -hmm. But whereas Ravi really want to show fear, he's the master of the house. Mm -hmm. uh, he has big dogs now. Um, because a dog, everybody's afraid. He'll just tell the dog what to do. Dog, if you don't want you to leave his house, you'd say block. And the dog will block. The people huh. can't leave. That's unrealistic for me. Yeah. He that, does that. That seems like really unkind and kind of abusive. Oh, that's why I'm afraid for you guys to, because I know about him, right? I was like a second mother to him, even when my mom came from, but I went to school and I got good marks, always first, and I was uh, nine years old, you'd be in what, grade five, grade four? And yeah, that's great. I had a probably. long hair. Yeah, three Nobody or four. Nobody took care of me. That was really a sad part of my life. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I didn't really cry over. I think right. that's what gives me a stamina now to stand on myself. Anything on happens own. to me, I don't sit and cry. Mm -hmm. I just think, okay, next step. Right. There's a smart. This step is a present. Okay, future is yet to be. Decided. Born or decided. So that's what I look up to it. I don't, uh, but it's coming now because it's an Indian tradition. I think of my uh, past mm -hmm. and I cry sometimes. But I never could cry when I was young because in a certain young age, I had trauma of watching my mom burning. Yeah. It's like a tower burning, right? Yeah. That's a big trauma. Nobody take care of me. Yeah. Think about my trauma. You guys really now, even for little trauma, you That's go true. to counselors. I had no one to talk to. And then the relatives would not have my, all my father asked was someone to look after um, 
Uncle Ravi, mm -hmm. my youngest brother. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, my father took him there as soon as my mom got burned because I was too young to look after. Um, I think Uncle Babu was maybe four years old, three years old. Mm -hmm. he, he even now is like that. I can see my older son that way. He saw my mom was burning. He went underneath the bed and hid himself. He didn't want to see it. Even right. now, he's, even as a grown-up person, he would think, if I don't close my eyes, like right. If I cat, close, if I close my eyes, it's not happening. Uh, yeah, that that's a kind of things. He'll walk away. My father would have an argument with my mom, grown-up child. My mom would beg him, say, "Stay here, so that it doesn't escalate." No, he'll put a shirt on and he'll walk away. I don't want to be involved. Right. So that that comes these characters comes from your parents yeah and it if it's not corrected when they were young if you're not explained to them what it is why it's happening it's going to continue right yeah. but anyway when i look after i would go to school mm -hmm. i would have to take care of myself i had a long hair mm -hmm. i don't know how to comb and how to do it i was only very young and this I would have been like 11 no, oh, I nine was years nine. Old. We're talking about when Ravi was a baby. Yeah, it's nine. Okay. Taking care of siblings. Right. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, I'm following. One. Yeah. And uh, it's a sad part of my life, but I don't feel like whatever. I don't really cry over it. But I had an excellent, excellent Brahmin teachers. Mm -hmm. And they would, while we have time to study, two teachers, one from a very low caste, I thought you said they were Brahmin teachers. One teacher was a Brahmin. Okay. They were best friends. Brahmins, for people listening, are the highest caste? Yeah. Okay. And the uh, other caste would be their outcast. They can't come into Just like black and white. That's dark, but okay. Very dark, yeah. It's all gone. Dr. Ambedkar was come from a lower caste. What Do you mean untouchables? Untouchable, yeah. Okay, so you literally had a Brahmin teacher and an untouchable, untouchable teacher. Untouchable teacher, they're best friends. Huh, that's, that's spanning a lot and, of... Yeah, well, they both will share the money, get a camphor. Camphor is a, we use it for everything. Sure. And get a coconut oil, put it on me first thing in the morning. And I'll do the... What's the class. point of the camphor and the coconut oil? It brings all the lice from your hair. Okay. Oh, I got such a... I didn't understand how to take it off. Like how to take care of your hair? Or... Take care of my hair and it got really Liced. infected and lice. Well, that's not and, good. And these people, oh, they're all dead now, but they are angels. Mm. Talk about teachers. It's none of their business. Mm -hmm. But they know what happened to my mom. Mm -hmm. And I'm a good student. And they would sweep, uh, not sweep, Brush your hair. comb, yep. and take all the dead thing off. Sure. Finally, my father has to shave my head because oh, no. I had infection. Right. And that's why I didn't get, I'm malnutrition mm -hmm. because it's not my mom cooking. You go to a restaurant and get, all you get rice and sauce and you don't ask what vegetable in there. Or, or meat or anything. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was. But anyway, these two teachers did, and finally, my father didn't have time to come and look after me. Mm -hmm. I looked after myself. Right. And plus looking after my two brothers. Right. Cause but Babu was easygoing. My younger brother was very easygoing. So when you were nine, how old was Babu? 
He must be. Hmm. How much older than Ravi is he? I don't know. <laughs> He's in his... Because after me, three more children, right? So three at, years. at least three years younger. Yeah. And he's four years younger than me. Okay. So he was literally four or five. Right. Uh, but all his life, some you know, his mom got everything done for him. Right. All of a sudden, he had no one. Right. Because he didn't have a mom and you hadn't really like learned to no, do a Lord, lot of Ravi this. No, Ravi is always like, he can't sleep unless he lies on me. Oh, wow. He was very much into me. He had no one. And in he that was also, place, like, Ravi at that time would have been eight months old. Yes. So, yeah, sleeping sleeping near near a warm body, yeah. I can understand and, that. And uh, luckily, he was switched to a can, not can milk, powdered milk. Okay. That's all he would drink. And I don't know what to feed him. Right. And So, literally, was, you just fed him powdered milk. As Three a in the morning, he get up and he cries and he'll hang on to me. He won't let me go. And I have to carry him and start fire with paper fire right. to heat the hot water. Right, to make the powdered make milk. Make the powdered milk, give it to him, then he'll fall asleep. Then I still have to get up in the morning. And go to school and do all the other school, things. Get myself washed, all my brothers, wash myself, uh, go to school. Um, I don't know what I did for my lunch. Uh, That's my, incredible, Mom. My That's father a lot. asked to come home to relieve me to go to school. Right. He did not want me to miss my school. Right. That's the one thing I've really been blessed. Well, let's let's keep school stuff for a yeah, different for a different podcast. Yeah, that's the way I after Your my siblings. brother, and he was very attached. He would listen to me. I'm like a second mother, but it's not fair to your sibling, older mm-hmm. sibling. I was still a baby myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, go for next. So how did you like it, Intimates? Leave your comments on facebook.com slash intimate interactions or directly on patreon.com slash Victor Salmon. Both communities are easy to find from intimatepodcast.com. So what are you waiting for? Go join the free Intimates community and start connecting with others. I'll see you on there. Disclaimer. I apologize if I said something that hit a nerve or played off a hateful idea or stereotype. I'm open to being called in. Chances are, in six months, I'll look back aghast and see something problematic I've since grown from. I'm certainly not perfect, but I am trying to be mindful of the voices I lift up and the perspectives I encourage. You can email feedback to podcast at victorsalmon.com. Thanks for your kindness. Attribution. The tracks I use are published under the Creative Commons Attribution License. The intro track was Lost Souls by Portrayal, and the outro track was Restoration by Uncle Milk. Land acknowledgement. I apologize first for any pronunciations I might butcher. I wanted to acknowledge that I recorded this podcast on the unceded traditional Coast Salish territories of the Musqueam, Kwantlen, Stazuminus, Stolo, Sawasan, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Shout out to the Sekwepmek Nation, on whose land I got my degree, considering the Kamloops Indian Residential School closed only in 1996 when I was 10, I have found nothing but unending patience and kindness in the Tekemloopste Sekwepmek folks with whom I've interacted. Let's never forget genocide in the hope we don't make the same dehumanizing, cruel mistakes again. Thank you.